Like twin sons on a womp rat's tail, welcome back once again to the Tumbling Saber podcast, everybody. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. And I'm Carlos. Welcome back. <laughs> another week, another episode of Book of Boba Fett to chat about, and uh, I, I think we'll have an inter- interesting chat about creative freedom over at Lucasfilm, and we'll get into that in just a few minutes, but uh, let's catch up, guys. Corey, what's been going on in the last week since we last spoke? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, I think, uh, well, you know, let's talk about the weather, guys. No, let's not. We got we got nailed with some snow. Not really. It was kind of bad, but yeah, it's okay. If, it, no, if you're going to whine about this, that snowstorm, no. you turn in your passport and you you leave this yeah, country right now. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, where I am right now, uh, got dumped with uh, over Monday and Wednesday, two snowstorms, over 50 centimeters of snow. Yeah, it's a lot. That's a lot of snow. You can complain yeah. about fifty centimeters of snow. Yeah, that's that's the uh, Ottawa Gatineau, man. That's that's uh, we got smashed pretty good here. So, uh, yeah, I know in Montreal uh, wasn't uh, wasn't as bad, but still, this is pretty uh, pretty hectic, man. Yeah, it was the first one of the season, really the first big one, anyway. Whatever, it's not even a big one. It doesn't it doesn't count. We got like fifteen centimeters. That doesn't count as a big one. I guess. <laughs> That's a it was moderate over 20. amount of snow. We got over twenty, right? Over twenty on Monday, and then another what seven to ten on Wednesday. So I know here we got fifteen tops, maybe maybe a little more, but whatever. Why are you guys talking about the weather? Because you brought it up, jerk. <laughs> You're the one that's complaining. Oh, ten uh, thirty. I want to get out of here. You, you bring uh-huh, up the weather. Uh-huh. And who took the bait? Oh, uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, you know the, the, the old just, slogan just... here, Corey, was "Say no to clickbait." And um, <laughs> I got the mute you button here. You clicked. Don't uh, blame me. I'm about ready to uh, hit that button. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so nothing happened with you last week, Carlos. How's your week been? It's been good, man. Um, I uh, did a project. I finished that table, and um, I'm writing a new uh, couple, of, actually two new songs. So yeah, things are uh, things are moving along. Songs about the uh, table? Uh, no, uh, no, 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 not yet. <laughs> no, I haven't christened that table yet. So, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it's been it's been kind of. Um, I went, I, you know, going through a bit of a tough period before the holidays and uh, over the holidays with all the uh, 2020 flashbacks was, was pretty, was pretty rough. But I think that like things are kind of starting to turn around a little and I'm feeling good about it. It's nice. Uh, we're, uh, if anybody noticed on social media, I, I rebranded my social media avatars and uh, my website. So uh, things are, uh, we're starting to gear up to the release of my album. So, you know, looking, uh, looking forward to that. And I guess a little bit of the, the, the sun didn't set till 5 p.m. here. So I like, noticed that. I noticed yeah. the days are starting to get a little bit longer. Back in the Just weather, here bit. we go. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> But you know what? It actually makes a difference, man. It does make a difference on um, people who suffer from like seasonal depression and th- and things of that nature. So, yeah, I, no, I took I took my kid to the doctor the other day, and you know he was like, yeah, yeah you know, he's like, do you give him vitamin vitamin D? And we were like, oh no. And he's like, you you probably should like just think about that over the winter months. He's like, even for you guys, you know, just put a drop in some some something you're drinking. He's like, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I take gel caps, vitamin D three. 
I definitely, uh, I've been doing that since the beginning of, thank God I started that in like October, November. Wow. Because or else it could have been not pleasant. Everybody, or, everybody or else who lives in a warm climate is like, what are you talking about? Why are you taking vitamin D? It's in the sun, hey, li- dingoes. Hey, listen, Joe Rogan spent the last 20 years in Los Angeles and now he's in Texas and he still takes D3. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, I don't think it has much to do with, uh, we just don't get enough and we need it. Our bodies need it. That's true. It's an important one. Get your vitamin D, folks. <clears throat> That's what she said. I'm just going to oh. let that hang there. Yeah, no, it's... Um, <laughs> if, you do, if you do notice Carlos's uh, social media avatar, it's, it's Bib Fortuna with a guitar and sunglasses. So... Oh, ghost. <laughs> no, it's not, first of all. Second of all, why, why don't you just suck on a lemon, you jackass? I did yesterday. I actually really did yesterday. You sucked was... on a lemon? Yeah. <laughs> Me and my son, you know what's funny? The, my my two year old, you know, as, as as I guess cruel parents at one point were like, "Okay, whatever, take the lemon, have the lemon. You're not supposed to eat the lemon. You want to try the lemon? Eat the lemon." And he was like, "Like every time he sees the lemon, he's like, give that over here.'" He's like, mm-hmm. like, "Oh, you're so weird." Holy shit! I'm so vain that I'm actually pissed you compared me to Bib Fortuna. You piece of shit. I love it. <laughs> it's, it doesn't have to be a comparison. It could be a tribute. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy what if someone wrote a fanfic where you were in love with 3PO like in a sexual way I'd love to hear about it oh, it would be pretty good <laughs> we'll have to evoke that old Sith Disturbers up again <laughs> unleash that out in the world I don't even know if I have that file anymore you know what? They're not available, man. Oh, I know they're not. It's a matter of this old crappy laptop here. I don't know if it's... I, I know I used to remove stuff off there fairly often. Um, I don't know if that that episode survived the cut. I really hope it did. Oh, man. That's it could, hard to it hear. A, it, might, it could still be up on Patreon. I could still log in there and maybe find... Somewhere in my head, I'd like to believe that every episode of the Tumbling Saber is somewhere... S- somehow still out there well you can dream about that because it's well, true in my it's world it's called a pipe dream mm-hmm. it's literally not it's it's not they're nowhere they're, not. they're gone gone in fact what somebody could call us on it and say you guys probably don't have first episodes your first episode you probably jumped the gun to try and buy yourself some cred and started with episode 35 that's that's what people could say and get away with it because i would have no way to prove otherwise you can go back on your Facebook book feed, maybe. It's anecdotal evidence at this point. I could say that I, I, my, the first episode I listened to was episode two before we went back to episode one. But even then, it's just anecdotal. Yeah. There's no hard evidence. And without that, what have you really got? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, Schrodinger's cat. Did it yeah. happen or did it not happen? I don't know, man. This podcast brought to you by the SQDC once again, everybody. <laughs> oh my God, yes. You should see the goodie bag I have next to me. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, no, it's for me, it's been, it's, it's been uh, nothing. All quiet. So quiet. I, I've been out of the house four times in the last 14 days. And two of those occasions were to bring the kids to school for 15 minutes. Otherwise, I think I'm, I think I'm just 
slowly rotting in the house. Yeah, that makes sense. And dying, slowly dying. I get that, man. Yeah, it's uh, true. We're we're we're, we're not bred for uh, captivity. Captivity. Yeah. <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a beer. No, I'm not drinking beer anymore. That's it. I'm out. So I'll take one. I'm I'll drink buy- two for you. One for me. One. I'll drink one for you. Uh, fair enough. You buy them though. Uh, I watched Eternals last week. You guys seen Eternals? No, I think I was going to hit it up this weekend with my son. It's okay. okay. I guess I'm not going to talk too much about it then. But I didn't see it either. So That's... It's not gonna... I had no interest. It was, you know, seeing the trailer. Well, when they first announced it, I was like, eh, don't care. And then saw a trailer. Eh, don't care. And then I, and I just kept my expectations low. I didn't listen to any reviews. Didn't read any reviews. It came out. It hit Disney Plus last week. All right, got nothing else to watch while I'm here in captivity. Uh, let's give it a let's give it a whirl. It's long. It's it's two and a half hours, but it's okay. I was not. Uh, I wasn't kicking and screaming after it was over and going. I really wish I had not watched that. What about Shang Chi compared to Shang Chi? Which one did you like better? Oh, Shang Chi much better. Okay, that's what I figured. Yeah, I like Shang Chi much more. It just had more of that uh, MCU flair and fun. Anywho, your mileage may vary. You might you might actually love it. But keep your expectations in check. That's all. All right. Uh, let's uh, skip over to a couple of really, really fast news things. This came up on Reddit. So take it as with a big grain of salt. But somebody snapped a pic of either a current or the upcoming issue of Star Wars Insider, which said that Bad Batch Season 2 would be dropping in spring 2022. Which is, I think, soon. I don't know where we are in the calendar, but no, a couple, at least a couple of months away. I think we're three months away. It's probably going to be close oh. to May fourth. Well, I would, I would think more of that season two, but like you know, March fish or spring's definitely uh, begins. What March twenty first? Yeah, I, I don't even know what the date is today. I today is December twentieth. Uh, <laughs> January twentieth. <laughs> Not even fully confident in what the actual month is. That's where we are. <laughs> Heaven help us. It, so it's January 20th? That's Today correct. is January 20th, correct. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it could be... Hey, we could be on the eve of... You know, two months from now, we could be, like, on the eve of Bad Batch Season 2. That's crazy. It, it feels uh, like... I don't think it's dropping in March, though. No. It's going to be probably in May, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, I agree, I, like, late spring. Yeah. But who really knows? I mean, if a, if a trailer drops soon, which at this rate, you would think that something's coming relatively soon, we'll know. And I know Rick is just absolutely ready to have an absolute party when that se- when that season drops. Whew. I know he's just totally amped. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, keep an eye out for that. That's happening pretty soon. Uh, the other piece of news that came out today, actually, uh, after years and years of development and delays... Um, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga is ready to drop April 5th. Did you guys, there was a six minute video, uh, featuring actual gameplay and man, does it look fantastic. Did you guys get a a chance to check it out? Yeah, it looks great, man. It's really some, like, I'm not a gamer, but like, wow, that's something that I might contemplate getting for one of my kids uh, on the Nintendo switch just so I could play with it a little. Um, but, um, 
like I said, I'm not a gamer, so it's not, I don't have the time to commit to learning where you have to go to what you know to do what battle or or whatever. But you've seen the movies, though, right? <laughs> yeah, but it's it's still Lego, dude. It's not the same thing. It's not like oh yeah, I'm I'm going to Utapau and now you know, it's it's like I, well, it's I, gonna be a rough retelling of the whole saga. The way, the way the video described it, it said like, oh yeah, you're going to get to have fun and because uh, I actually did watch the trailer and uh, I won't lie, I scrubbed through some of it, but like it, it, it's, yeah, you could you're going you're gonna to find yourself on Naboo and have that battle against the droids, but you, you could you know, putz around and stuff, so it's like yeah, I'm more of, uh, I don't know how much I would enjoy that considering what my my gaming history is is usually like Ninja Gaiden and sports games where there's an actual like defined. It's like uh, go this way. It's yeah. Listen, way. listen you, you tuck into that bag of goodies next to you and I think you would have a rip rock in time. <laughs> Probably laughing my, uh, my head off for oh, sure. For sure. I mean, the, the thing with, uh, with the Lego games is that they're built to be accessible by basically anybody. So even if you've been out of games for a long time, it's one that you pick up and you don't have to worry about, you know, mastering all 17 buttons on the remote. It's it's very simple gameplay and it leads you where you need to go. So, yeah, I, it's 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 super frustrating, dude. That remote, <laughs> it, it's it's <laughs> like like I had the old PlayStation 2 remotes and it's like compared to like the 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 two button nes remote or or that first gen uh genesis remote like it's it's crazy like you, you have two switches on the top on each on each hand like it's like what for am for, i doing it's what amazing that, <laughs> that comes in super handy for hockey like i don't i i it's crazy how you can get in the zone sometimes and just you know it's like it's like you almost feel like this is crazy. Like I'm using like my hands so quickly right now. You know, it's interesting. I I love watching my son. Like now my son's really getting into games, and I'm I've let him take off a bit on it. You know, and just kind of watching him. Like it's so fun just to watch him. Like damn, like he's really good. Like yeah, my 15 year old is 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 all up in it, man. Like I I watch him play FIFA, and he's like, it's like cheat codes. Almost like I, I I don't get how he does some of these things and these little tricks and even with NBA Two K uh, Twenty Two, um, it's gorgeous. I mean the game is gorgeous, but it's so frustrating to play against him because it's like he's doing these like crazy crossovers and and then it's not only that it's like it's it's so realistic that it takes forever to finish the damn game. Like, hey ref, give me the ball. Like it's. <laughs> It's NBA is so frustrating, man. Yeah, like back in the day, it's just like X X X X X X X face off go. Oh yeah, NBA hockey, Jam hockey was more just fun for such a good game. Oh NBA Jam, yeah, that was different. Oh. That, NBA two K twenty two, man. It's like you look at the play. It's like you're watching. It's like you're watching ESPN. It's like it's he's really heating up. Good. What's that? He's heating up. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's heating up. Cool. So anyway, that's coming April 5th. Um, I, I always talk like I'm going to get it because in my brain, I'm still a gamer. But in actual fact, I'm I, I, I pro- I'm probably not. I've descended into occasional or casual gaming. Uh, 
So we'll see. I, I, I'll, if anything, I'll, this will probably be something I definitely get for the kids at some point this year. And then I'll just sort of gravy train off them and watch them play and maybe pick it up here and there. But yeah, it looks, like, at it this looks point, great. Video games, unless you want to get into something super dark and crazy, like for the most part, for me, it's like a family thing. Like I'll, I'll get games for my son, but I eventually figure I'm going to try them. Like this one in particular, man, it's like a dude, it's the whole Skywalker saga. It's so timeless in a way. What, like what console do you have at home, Corey? Uh, PS4. Nice. Okay, cool. And Kyle, yeah. you got the five, right? No, not five, but uh, you have the Xbox? Yeah. No, we have the four. Oh, PS4 as well. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's this the, the Skywalker saga is coming out on all platforms, right? Like on all consoles? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. But these games, they, when they come out, they're like 80, 90 bucks. Yeah. They're pretty, yeah. They're pretty, uh, they're pretty uh, pricey. So I don't know I if I'll hold get off it. a bit. We'll see. Yeah, I might not get God, it. I'm not right. rushed to get it, but I definitely think. Uh... It's something, again, like, I really feel like this is the kind of game that's timeless in a way. Like, you really just, you know, you can go back to it anytime. I want to be on Endor. I want to go to uh, Dagobah, Hoth. Like, you're going to get a chance to do all that. It looked like from the, from the like, what the, the menu and stuff was showing you. Corey's an OT stand. I don't know if you guys realize that. Like, oh, but it, it's cool. Like you, <laughs> he doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to go to Naboo. Doesn't want to go to Coruscant. I would. I would. I would no, you would, but she, that's not what you said, though. Because ah, you said Endor, like, I don't wanna, really want to go to... I don't want to go to Dagobah, really, but you no. Know, but the, the gameplay cool. of Hoth was really cool with the snow yeah, scooters. Exactly. Like, wow, man, it looks really good. And they actually showed some of the uh, the Hoth ATSTs, uh, and not just the ATATs, which was pretty cool. Like considering that Lego just released the Hoth ATST, so it's um, we never really see them in the movies. Like, but they were there. They were there, indeed. All right, so uh, mark your calendars, April 5th, and if, I, I know I'm going to mark mine because otherwise I will lose track of, of the date. What date is it again? It's February, uh, January 20th. Thank you. Thank you. 2040. 22! Okay, so uh, a little chat I want to have here, and I, I, I thought about, I'm like, do I want to do this? Do I want to have this chat, or do I want to oh. just let it go? Because even it, now, when you sent the show notes... I'm like, oh, do we want to go into this? Like, I kind of have a little bit of like hangry <laughs> feelings about it. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens because then you know, that can make for some interesting podcasting. But um, yeah, no, it was we, we've seen that it's sort of out there on social media. It's it's the story where Pablo Hidalgo revealed a, a creative squabble between J.J. Uh, Abrams and Bad Robot. And Lucasfilm, and I probably shouldn't frame it as squabble. It was just sort of a butting of heads over a certain plot point. And like, Abrams and Bad Robot, they wanted to dis—they wanted the First Order to destroy Coruscant with Star Killer Base, uh, but Lucasfilm shot that idea down. And what we got, of course, was was Hosni and Primes filling that purpose, and that was taken out instead. Now, that tweet was deleted. And you know, I, I don't know why. I'm not sure why it was deleted because he kept on talking about it later. But uh, what do you think, Corey? What you, is that the right call? Like, who should have the final say here? Should it be the owners of the IP who have the final say? Or do storytellers need to be unrestrained, you know, lest we get like this watered down product and Lucasfilm gets a, a reputation for... Uh, stifling creativity. Where do you stand on this one? 
uh, it's a really fine line to walk, man. It's like Star Wars, like Lucasfilm in particular, they were they're walking a really fine line, and so are the writers. Like they have to understand and play in the Star Wars sandbox, so to speak. Like I guess there's some understanding and some research it would take to to really understand what Star Wars is, but you know certain things you really have to weigh them against. In my opinion, there should be some kind of reasoning behind a decision of this nature. Like when we're having a, a specific example of this nature, uh, it's different a bit. But in the long run, yes, I think it's Lucasfilm's final ultimate decision to say this is not right for our franchise for such and such a reason. reason. Now, the, the destruction of Coruscant in particular, I think that's a bit of a different story. Like maybe the, the only thing in my head that could possibly make sense for this would really be like, you know, uh, they have plans for it in the future or, you know, they had no plans at all. <laughs> it's really well, like, uh, we did. have no idea where this, at, at this story is headed. At the time, Lucasfilm had been developing something and Coruscant was apparently a piece of that. So they said, you can't, you, we're doing something with Coruscant, maybe. So hands off. That's it. It was like kind of like, I also was thinking that like a bit of an ace in the hole, like they don't want to lose that uh, card in the deck yet. You know, they want to keep that in their hand. So, but yeah. the universe, because the galaxy is already so small that like, why do you have to destroy everything that we already know? And it's, it, I, I kind of, it, there's a part of me that sides absolutely with the story group. Like, because JJ, it, it seemed like, what they were trying to do was to bring not only bring an end to the Skywalker saga, but almost bring an end to Star Wars. And the story group is like, no, we have plans here. So it's I think it's 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 definitely up to them to say, oh, you can do this, you can't do that. And that's absolutely fine. I have zero, zero problem with it. Can I tell you what my problem is? Yes. Okay. So my problem <laughs> my problem with the whole thing is not that um, Bad Robot wanted to destroy because Cor- they know of Coruscant so it's like yeah let's bring up the things that we know no problems with them bringing that up no problems whatsoever with um, with the story group saying no you can't do it my problem is with Pablo Hidalgo and you're gonna you, I hope you guys give me really give me a second here to explain myself because the way he did, first of all, he, he tweeted it out and then deleted it. Right. And then, so it's like, okay, what are you doing? The guy is so precious about this stuff that he literally craps on bad robot and called Hosnian prime Forasant as in foe <laughs> and then called Jakku not to ween. Like, who, who who do you think you are? Like the, the guys come to you with 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 a with a treatment for a script. Now you look at that script and you say, okay, you guys want to destroy this. We kind of need it, you know. Uh, you know, you you don't want to be on Tatooine, but you want something to look like Tatooine. Like, why do you have to be so catty? Like Pablo Hidalgo, I lost all, not, not, I didn't lose all respect for Pablo Hidalgo, but that's so catty to me. That's like, you're, you're, you're a little whiny bitch. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. I don't like it. I don't like it. Like, what are you doing? It does put a certain spin 
And it does open the door again for people to sort of pile on JJ. Like they're just a- and it's unfair because look, he's coming up. He's like, okay, you're giving me the reins to write a story. Me and Chris Terrio are writing a story. So we're writing the story in the universe that already exists. Well, so this, they're going to use before Chris Terrio, but I, I get your point. Well, who was it? This was TFA. So this was JJ and Lawrence Kasdan. Okay, Lawrence, whoever, whatever. So Lawrence, even worse, right? He was there from from 1980. So it's like, I, I, I just, I don't like the cattiness behind it. You're giving these guys the reins. You're telling them, write the story. He writes the story, comes to you with an idea. You don't like it. And you tell them to change it. They change it. And now you're crapping on what they what they changed. That's stupid, man. That's like, you know, all you're doing is you're just feeding that beast allows people to crap all over star wars it's it's dumb it's stupid it's short-sighted and i don't like it in regards to coruscant it felt like more like uh pablo was on jj's side in a way but the the tattooing thing i found i think he found weird but for me personally i think for me you you mean, Cor- you mean the jack the jaku thing yeah yeah, yeah. okay like, but the, the coruscant thing i think to me it makes sense like like Hosnian Prime was nothing to us. Like, who cares about? Like, I, I get it. It's a, a grave situation where you know, in the books, they kind of explain that. Uh, I think what the the Senate or whatever had moved over there and stuff, you know. So in that regard, but to the ordinary fan, I guess they they wouldn't know something like that. You know, that was all in the books, and it's not really spelt out in the movie too well either. And Corey, Corey when I saw when I, when I first saw the Force Awakens. Okay, and you see that city, you see that planet, Hosnia Prime. Mm-hmm. You automatically think it's Coruscant. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay, it's like Forusant so like, is what he called it. I think. No? Yeah, Forusant, and it's like okay, fine. I, I totally see how if you have a galaxy with thousands and thousands of planets, in or habitable planets, that there's going to be a few that look like each other, and that's normal. I think that's that's absolutely not a, not a, not a problem whatsoever. The problem for me is that the the, the Hosnian you don't feel anything when Hosnian Prime gets exactly that's gets, my gets, thing, man. But you wouldn't have if it was Coruscant as well, because they did nothing with it. Well, they did in the previous film, so and you know if you know if you follow Star Wars and you know what Coruscant is, and you see Coruscant's system get destroyed, you're kind of like, oh shit, like that's serious. Like now there's some gravitas behind this. Yeah, kind of. I guess. I mean, I I could see that because at first like, I'm like the, the oh. stakes have been upped. You know, like it makes the ba- the first order look even more badass. Like, don't get me wrong, destroying a whole solar system is a horrible, genocidal thing, and like it should be greatly feared and whatever. But I just feel like Coruscant would have added that extra edge to a fandom and be like, oh damn, like it hit, it would pull the heartstrings a little more just because we know what it is and the history behind it, right? Yeah, How but none of, our, none of our characters are there. There's nobody. We didn't lose anyone we cared about. Neither on Hosnian like, Prime, though. Yeah, but like that, you just saw them for a second. Like, oh my god, it's. Getting... But that's what, but that's exactly my point. It's kind of like when Alderaan gets destroyed. You don't know. You don't know anyone there. You just know that Leia's from there. That's it. What's I'm saying? We know Coruscant a little more. Anyhow, yeah, but like still, that. the way the way the way they 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 brought it up in the movie. That's why I hate that scene so much. And and it's like I, I'm kind of. Uh, it, it's it's hard for me to to, to 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 take JJ's side on that because I don't like what they did with Hosnian Prime and all the, the six other planets that got destroyed in the same shot. Like, whatever. It, it's because they did no 
backstory. They put no one there that we care about. It's th- th- they definitely should have explained a little further because, like, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So my my issue is not Hosnian Prime. My issue is what they did to destroy it. And I I think I understand the story group's point in saying no, you're not going to just throw away core something like that out of nowhere because we kind of need it. And if we're going to destroy that planet, we need people to feel something. If it's Coruscant, you're not going to feel it more the way they did it. That, that That's my, that's my point. I just don't. And I totally agree with the story group in holding that back. That's absolutely their right to do that. I just don't like the cattiness. Yeah. No, I see in, where you're coming from. Yeah. In this case, I, I tend to lean a bit more towards JJ on this one just because of the Alderaan thing. Like, we saw that get wrecked, and I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. I don't really care. Only in later years did I start to really care. Now, well, knowing what we know and spending You know why you care? You care about it because George shows Bale landing there with Leia as a baby and giving it to the, to, to the Queen of Alderaan. Yeah, it's, it, there's that. And there's, you know, there's, there's other time that we had spent with people from that place it's, it just took time to get used to you know, all, all the the new stuff like and like, Cara Dune Cara Cynthia Dune yeah I mean so if for for them to for the first order to have taken out Coruscant there is that sort of look at the way we we reacted to, to Camino going down like we were in Bad Batch we were like oh man like I never thought I'd care so much to see Camino being destroyed and the planet is still there. It's just the city that was toppled. And we're like, who, who? So to see yeah, but Coruscant. Thing, it, but it's different, the end though. end of an era. Like, Camino's different, though, right? Because Camino is, like, it's pretty much a third of Attack of the Clones. Happens there. Uh, Obi-Wan has a battle with Jango Fett there. We know the clones come from there. And then, when you get to Bad Batch, at that point, they didn't just show up and then Camino gets destroyed. No, you're seeing Omega, you're seeing uh, the uh, Kaminoans, you're seeing their struggle, you're seeing the underground city, you're seeing so much before Tarkin decides to destroy the thing. So you actually get a little bit, you a little bit attached to it. Well, so, it's more than that. Like the Clone Wars, man. The Clone Wars really drive it home, man. Like there's so no, many episodes where they're there on the Clone Wars. No, no, for sure. But I'm just saying, in in uh, leading up to the destruction in the Bad Batch. Like it's not like they just like turned on they turned on the the cameras and then boom the thing's getting destroyed. It's like there's actual character development happening there, so you actually you're invested in Camino at that point. But there's also fan service too. Like going back to Camino, like people who love the Clone Wars are like, oh dang! Like it, for them, it definitely resonates harder. No, no, for sure, for sure, and and I think that's where that's where the strength of 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 those of that storytelling uh, surpasses anything JJ did. Because there was no real development, be it characters or planets or anything. You're just dropped in. Well, yeah, like seeing Hosnian Prime wiped off the map, that, that's, that's a watered-down compromise. And it, I don't know that it really had the effect that it was supposed to. Most people, like a lot of people watching, they thought that was Coruscant. How much would you have cared more about Hosnian Prime if you literally see Leia on the planet at the beginning of the movie, trying to like assemble people, yeah, exactly trying, trying to get them to like the first order is a real threat. Like we need to be careful. We need to do this. And those people are like, nah, nah, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Nothing's gonna happen to us. And then they kept, then they cut to it getting destroyed. Now you care. 
Well, that, that's the that bloodline book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but that, that's unfair. You can't put that on the shoulders of no, people. No, I know. To read all, hey, I all, found all, the sleeve, eh, Kyle? Oh, fantastic. No, you're right, Carlos. Yeah. You can, it's, it shouldn't be up to viewers to have to go read a book to feel something. No, exactly. And that's it's up to the storyteller for that individual story. And he failed. I said this in 2015. I, I kept repeating it over and over and over. That's the biggest failure of the J.J. Abrams uh, the, the, of, of, uh, both, of it, both of his movies in, in that trilogy. That's where Ryan Johnson succeeded. Because, look, whether you like Canto Bite or not, if that planet gets destroyed, you care now. Because he did the job. But lots of, lots of stuff happens on Coruscant over the three movies. Like, a lot of I, stuff. No, for sure. I, and and, and I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that when you get to episode seven, if they just show Coruscant getting destroyed, nobody gives a shit. Because there was, there was there's nothing connecting that era to what was happening in that movie. Yeah, maybe. I know, I know for, for me, I would have cared an awful lot more about Coruscant being destroyed if we still knew that, that it was the seat of, of galactic power and you think back to the prequels and go, oh yeah, like everybody's on Coruscant. There's... I don't know, a trillion people living on that planet. Who knows? And then it's gone. You're like, ooh. You sit up a little straighter in your seat and you go, oh, these guys are business. Yeah, yeah no, the, I The First Order always felt like a bit of a farce to me. And like, I nothing they did ever really resonated. Like, I was, I always felt like they're kind of a, a joke. Yeah, and, and and the way the way they wrote it made it more farcical than than, you know, giving them kind of the credence to like get away with what they tried to do. I don't know. I just, I just, I, and like I said, it's, I, I don't blame Bad Robot. I don't blame J.J. Abrams because they're told to write a story. So they wrote a story. And then the story... give it a little more urgency quickly, I find. Well, look, they, they, they put something forward and they said, well, no, we can't do this, but let's find a compromise. And then they did this compromise and left it at that. Like, thinking that, yes, this will carry the same responsibility. And I think they did that a, a, a thousand times in Rise of Skywalker. Let's find a compromise. Let's try and make everybody happy with this choice. And it made nobody happy. Or you know, it left a lot of people cold. <laughs> I won't say it made, left everybody unhappy. But you know what I mean? Like, a lot of people were like, yeah, that that fell flat for me. Like, they tried to make those people happy, and but those people are unhappy. And they, no, no, no. They tried to make those people happy with that choice. But they're not happy either. So like it was just just these middle of the road compromises that kind of point to like uh, almost almost like a lack of vision. That's it, man. Like I said before, man. Like to me, like one of the ideas I had is that you know, basically, in this I think it's true. It's like they had no idea how the story itself was going to go. Maybe they did have plans for books or whatever in Coruscant. Even in the story itself, maybe we're like, no, we want to save this for you know, it's a trilogy. It's the first movie. Like we want to we get to keep that card. You know what I mean? And either way, like. It's an impossible mission for Lucasfilm at the same time. No matter what they do, like you said, just said, Kyle, like no one's going to be happy no matter what everybody does. Like at one point, you know, the smallest little tweak and the smallest little change can literally change Star Wars forever, man. Like you can ruin people's childhood, childhoods, their lives. It's, well, it's, it's a very it's, precarious it's, position. It's a reminder, right? That, that like working on in this franchise is there's a series of trade-offs that happen and I, I don't think there's any creative that gets to walk into Lucasfilm and do exactly what they want to do and I think that's fair because 
you know, Lucasfilm has to manage this gigantic property. You know, and they're the owners. And I, I have a question here. And it, it's it, it kind of comes back to this whole thing of the story group versus writers. Doesn't Lucasfilm employ writers? Don't they have people out there writing stories constantly? Like, why do you have to go to J.J. Abrams? Like, do you need the name? It is like is is that is that the issue? Because you have these guys who know everything about the whole galaxy, who know Star Wars inside and out, who actually care. Like, what's the value in going outside of Lucasfilm? Well, I guess I, I, you need like Lucasfilm needs bad robot to make the movie. Really? Is is, is is who 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 did Indiana Jones? It was Paramount with Lucasfilm as the studio, right? Lucasfilm's the studio, and they you know they have a creative guidance, but I think they need a studio to actually do a lot of the lifting, including you know, write the script. But you're right, like Lucasfilm does have writers, but I think they're more attached to the like the animation stuff because Lucasfilm animation does do their own shows. I don't think they need to reach out too much for that. I'll, I'll I'll say this. I really think they're in the long run. They should have had a much more. They know exactly where they wanted to begin, and somewhat end. But I really feel like their landing sh- could have been a lot softer or harder, depending on how you look at it. Really, but the landing of the story to me should have been uh, a lot better, pre-planned, organized, uh, concise. Well, sure. Text. I mean, but that's you know, that that's that's a separate conversation i think like i'm sorry like i i just want to see where where where, like where's the line you know because like no no single story is bigger than the whole franchise so like when a creator sits down with lucasfilm to talk about a project there are probably dozens of other projects in some level of development that the creator isn't that person who's talking to lucasfilm isn't going to know about so they can overlap yeah so it's easy you know for for lines to cross and and have to be redrawn and you know i kind of wish it wasn't that way so that creatives can be unrestrained but it's it's totally not the case it's never going to be the case and as star wars gets bigger it may even get harder which is why i'm so big on star wars going somewhere else in the timeline and just like basically starting over yeah all i need to do is refer to certain things that have happened it's got to keep its core, though, man. Like it's, it's it is a fine line. Because to be honest, I don't want to feel like. Now, I'll tell you something. Like sometimes I feel like when I watch Star Wars movies, I'm like, or shows, I'm like, this is Star Wars, man. I am, I am immersed in this. But I feel like sometimes with the sequel trilogy, some of the thing experiences I had in the theater were, were more like I'm watching a movie, and I don't want that from Star Wars. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, like. Uh, well, look, they, they can't keep beating the like, the Skywalker saga horse. Like, no, nope, I agree with you, man. So, but they have to keep uh, the vibe. There's a vibe, man. It's a thing. Well, and that's, but it's it's impossible to capture that. It's so hard. I mean, they can they they. But can, it's easy to play outside the lines, like you said. Like, I don't know. You just got to know what's like. Have an understanding of what Star Wars is to make it work in a different timeline. And I agree with you. Like, I think we should go there, but. It still has to feel like Star Wars. Well, sure. And Which is easy to do, I think, really. It, really? Well, I mean... Put a put a moisture evaporator in the sand and call it Star Wars? <laughs> pretty much. Well, That's come what it really on. is. That's, I mean, yeah, but we can do that forever, I guess. And, but we're not going to be 
you know, forging any new territory here. Anyways, it comes it it comes down to the point of the the writers doing the writers things. The story groups has to keep has to keep uh, the, the 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 writers in check. And I have no problems with that whatsoever. What I don't like is telling stories or or, or talking about things that happen behind closed doors and denigrating what the writers try to do. They're trying to do something. And what Pablo did is wrong. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I'm usually on his side when it comes to like, you know, his knowledge and everything. Like, it's like, yeah, he's, he's, he knows what's going on, but why do you have to be a whiny bitch about it? Like that, that, I don't like that. That's one thing that like turns me off on the whole, the whole star Wars thing. And it's like, he's literally doing gatekeeper shit. Well, what, what's, what bothers me is that this stuff belongs in a making of, you know, a sequel trilogy book. Like, because we have all these creative differences from the OT and even from the prequels. That stuff was all put in books by J.W. Rinsler and other people. They're all right there on my shelf. They're amazing books. And they were so insightful into the, into the process of making these movies. But in this era, we're never going to see that. So when Pablo comes out and gives us this sort of insight, I think it's great. But the way he went about it, I thought this at this time around was not great because it just opened the door for the same people to come around and start trashing Bad Robot and JJ all over again. And we relitigate these stupid plot points and it just, we're reliving this stupid thing again. But it, I, I do think it, outside of this specific about Hosnian Prime or Coruscant, I do think it brings about a, a fascinating chat over where the line is over, you know, Somebody who wants to come into this franchise and create something and they're told to, you know, go away for six months and write something and then they bring it back and they're like, mm, nope. And I, I I know that there's there's dialogue back and forth in between, but it must be, it's got to be frustrating. It, can, it can't be as fun and amazing as, as you, we would think to go writing Star Wars story when probably so many of your ideas get punted and they're like, no, can't do that. And you're like, ah, oh, for Christ's sake. No, but the thing is, the, the, he the, the purview of their job was to extend or to 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 bring a close the Skywalker saga, so it's normal for them to go back and 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 bring up planets that were involved in the previous films. I have absolutely no problem with that, none whatsoever. And if, if the story group says, let's say JG's like, oh, let's go back to Hoth. And uh, Pablo says, oh, you know what? No, we're going to go back because we have a treatment in place that actually shows the destruction of Hoth that happens in between episode six and episode seven. So you can't do that. Or you, you don't even that like you could he, Pablo knows the galaxy so well that he'd even be like, you know what? Where where the planet is located in the galaxy at the moment doesn't make sense to go to Hoth. Like it would make no sense. People would call us out on that. Even the no. smallest my, minute detail like that. Yeah, no, for sure. And I have absolutely no problem with that. Uh, none whatsoever. Uh, my my only problems with episode seven was their attempt at, at telling that part of the story, and what Pablo said. That that that's my issue because all that other stuff I think it's normal. If look when I when I went into the studio, and I'm I'm I write, I write the songs and I'm producing the album and I ask somebody to come on and co-produce with me just so that we can like expand a little bit of our ideas of what what the songs could be in the end 
if my producer says, I think we should do this and I'm, I'm against it, I have the last call. Lucasfilm has the last call. So that's part of the, the give and take with any type of like collaborative venture. It's just normal for sure. So like I said, I have, I have no issue. I have no issues with Lucasfilm saying you can't do this. You can do that. that. That's why the story group exists. It's to make sure that there's no conflicting information throughout the whole saga. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, no, that's, you know, that, that's part of their function is, is to keep the things sort of as clean as possible. And Lucasfilm for their part, I mean, yes, as, as you know, they got to safeguard the franchise and, and keep, their other interests from getting crushed that I think they also have to keep in mind that, you know, at some point, if, if they're too difficult about something, like they're not going to like, people are not going to be like, Ooh, star Wars. I can't wait to work on that. Like at some point it'll just be like, I, I haven't heard great things about working with Lucasfilm. I think I'm going to go work with these guys instead or do my own thing. It's just, uh, that, that's what happened with uh, the Game of Thrones Lord guys. Miller? The Game of Thrones guys. I, didn't they? Uh, you know, it was it was getting a little bit rough. Benny Off and Weiss. Yeah, and then they were like, "Okay, well, let's let's take our own thing to Netflix." It's like, if we can't have sex in Star Wars, then <laughs> we're out. Well, yeah, and well, some things if you're going to bring to Star Wars and you get shot down, you're gonna you should know that that's not going to get through. So, you know, put your ego aside and, you know, take the temperature of the room, know what Star Wars is, you know, but uh, whatever, it's, 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 a, it's a fascinating thing to me. And you know, I, I'm, you know, always sort of interested to see how that, how it plays out and how people come to the franchise and how their experience is with it and how free they are to create. Because they, they always sing a nice tune after. Or like during the process or during the press tour. Oh, it was so fun, the best. And then at some point you're like, yeah, it was it was it was rough. But cool. All right, let's uh, let's put that aside for now. I'm curious, people out there, what they think, you know, specifically about Coruscant versus Hosnian Prime, but also generally with the the creators versus the 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 story group. Obviously, Lucasfilm has the hammer. But how how free do they need to be in in saying you know what this is our this is one thing we actually we didn't say if a creator comes in and they're like and they bring an idea to the table that flies in the face of a project they're working on you know I hope they would have the good sense to go this is actually better than what we're working on and so okay we're gonna have to put aside so you mean not not be completely tied into something that's not already in production. It's like, yeah, no, they, someone's got dibs. Someone's got dibs. <laughs> well, I, that's it. I mean, that's a whole other facet of this conversation is is somebody comes in and knocks their socks off and they're like, yeah, but this really flies in the face of something else we've got in the hopper. Mm, yeah, then, what do you, then do? you get a game. What's better? What's better? What's more beneficial for the franchise? And that's what many people there over there are paid to do. And like I said, like you said, I, I hope they do weigh those things. And I'm pretty sure they do. Oh, I'm, I'm sure they do on some level. I just, I, I wish I knew where the line was and what kind of levers have to be pressed <laughs> to get something to supplant another. Like, anyway. Part of, me, part of me wishes that I would be in those conversations. And then another part of me is like, I don't have enough hours in the day 
<laughs> to like care that much about it because it's like it must be so so self no what's the word i'm looking for just immersive like with everything that's going on and if somebody comes with a great idea yeah i, I agree with you man i hope i hope that they would say oh boy okay well let's let's tank this project because what this guy just brought up is 10 times better and you know what when john favreau or when when favreau was first per, like approached to 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 join lucasfilm in this project for the Mandalorian, he wanted to do a Boba Fett story. And they decided to go with the Mandalorian and they introduced Boba Fett. And it, it's the perfect segue into a Boba Fett story. And I, I, I like what happened and it's kind of, I guess now we're going to be talking about book of Boba Fett coming up here. Talking and, about segues. Holy cow. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, <laughs> it's fantastic because now in in the book of Boba Fett, and uh, are we going to jump in right now? Yeah, because... let's yeah, let's let's jump into episode four, the Gathering Storm, and of course, obviously, uh, I don't say it enough, but spoilers if you haven't seen it yet, um, you may want to just uh, hit pause and go watch it, and come back and listen to the rest of the podcast when you've done that. So, so like it's like we 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 got Boba Fett in the Mandalorian, and like after this episode. I don't know about you guys, but pretty much guaranteed we're getting the Mando in Book of Boba Fett. Cool. <laughs> yeah, no, right. I, I think I said it, man. Like you, you, any of us can go back and listen to the trailer. But when you originally dissected the trailer, I, I'm sure that I heard the Mando's voice. Hundred well, percent sure that I heard his voice. We 100% just... got his music. Oh, hundred percent right? at the end of the episode, and like saying at that the you end know of the episode she goes credits can buy muscle, and then. You get the doo -doo 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 -doo. oh, you get the full on theme. That's the full on Mandalorian theme. Absolutely, yeah. it's like okay, well, we know what's happening. Like it's happening. <laughs> well, I, you know, we, I, I watched it with my kids uh, just before we recorded tonight, and early in the episode, when Boba's sort of wandering around with the Bantha and he's sitting at his campfire and he sees the flares go off, and you just hear that one note. And my son was on the floor and he was he was coloring, and he so he's not he wasn't really paying too much attention. But he heard that note, and he he shot straight up, and he used to Mando. It's Mando. He's it's gonna be Mando. He's gonna be in this, and it's just those that tiny little cue, and it's already kind of penetrated our our brains, like it's so recognizable already. And we get yeah, all I knew right up. away. Like... This character's been around for two years, and change, and he's already such a a huge part of the franchise. And dude, we were so spoiled by him. Like they set the bar so goddamn incredibly high that I've spoken to several people that are like watching Boba at the moment. They're like, "Yeah, it's good, but it's no Mando." You know what I mean? Like, and I'm I like, think ah. that's the general sentiment. I get it. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, what they did with the Mandalorian was absolutely revolutionary. Yeah, it was a pop culture phenomena. It was incredible. But anyway. Whatever, I, I'm totally on the same page. Well, anyway, so, okay, this episode, it was directed by Kevin Tancherowen and written by Johnny Favs. Um, and, of course, it was a bit longer. It was uh, from 48 minus 6 minutes, and you know, that felt pretty satisfying to me. That felt like a good length of episode. Yeah, there was a lot that happened, man. Yeah, lots episode, of talk, to be honest. And so I, I don't even know where to start with this one. Like, there was, there was a lot. from the beginning. 
Well, yeah, lots of flashback, right? Like this this episode felt like what two thirds flashback at least. And you know, considering yeah. where it brought us up to, like I I think we're done with flashbacks now. Like we it caught us right up to to Mandy. Exactly, I agree, hundred percent. My okay. first observation, though, like how about analog scopes, huh? That Tuscan Raider scope, it's got like no. It's just like a regular, like old school, handcrafted thing, you know. And they're all pretty good shots with it too. Maybe that, maybe maybe Hell the yeah. maybe the the tech is all in their eyepieces. Meh. Maybe they all have but heads I'm up just displays happy. in there. <laughs> I'm happy that I told my son right before Boba Fett came out. I was like, "Listen, man, like, do you want to watch some episodes of Mando? You know, that kind of play into this." And he was like, "Yeah, let's do it." First episode, Gunslinger. So, like, we're watching it again tonight, just like you, Kyle. Like, right before the show started, like, I was like, "Let's get this in there." I watched it last night by myself. We watched it as a family together tonight, and uh, he noticed right away the flares. You know, I was like, "Oh," he's like, "Yeah," like I get it. And like to see that those lights, you know, like the connection there, I was happy. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool, man. Like the whole rescue of, of Fennec sequence, including that part, well, that was really cool. And just to sort of situate us in the timeline once and for all. But you know, I I can't believe that, and I didn't like we didn't connect the dots, and nobody else I saw out there did either. That those mods, the kids, the street punks, whatever you want to call them. They're the ones that fixed up Fennec Shand, and I can't believe we didn't make that connection. Like, how did you get those robot guts? How did we not go, oh, those guys must do it immediately after meeting them? You know, it's funny, like, <laughs> when I was when I was taking show notes for the show, like, watching it, I'm like, okay, like, place, like, whatever, reminds me of Tattoo Parlor, 100%, you know, got check check mark sign, all that stuff, and then, like, not... I don't know, five minutes later where he's got her safe and sound. She got her metal guts. She's like, I took you to a mod parlor. I was like, what? Tattoo parlor, mod parlor. I don't know. I just thought it was very, very similar. And like that too, that was to me, that was a very, very much a first in Star Wars. Even though he didn't direct the episode, it felt extremely Robert Rodriguez, like being in that mod parlor, like the music, uh, the shots, the equipment. Yeah, I, I know I it's know. designed to, and like everything about that that subculture, that group is designed to sort of stand out. But it it still feels a bit out of place to me. Like the, I agree. the music inside the parlor, I was like, ah, I, I get it. It's very like, different, very different. That's what you're talking about just a couple seconds ago. Where there's there's just a slight shaking of the boat in Star Wars, and it's like, okay, this isn't Star Wars. Like, ah, but I, I kind of accepted it. Like it was very yeah, yeah, yeah. different. Outside of our realm, I 100% agree with you there. It's very different for Star Wars. Well, did you guys get any, like, Matrix vibes? From the techno music a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah kind I, of. I definitely get some Matrix vibes. Like, the guys, like, oh, no walk-ins, whatever. It was kind of like Follow the White Rabbit. Like, it was kind of that. I didn't get that. But, I don't know. I, I just felt I felt very almost like Grindhouse in a way. I don't know what... what, what what kind of porn you're watching there, but it's been a, <laughs> it's a thing, man. <laughs> Can you remember planet terror? I just, I'm just always astounded by how that guy who works in the, in the mod parlor, not, I mean, not only can he just like substitute an eyeball for, you know, a droid eye. He can attach things to your brain. He can replace your entire digestive tract and reproductive system. And you can still move like an assassin. 
Like that guy yeah, is that... probably the most underpaid guy in the entire galaxy. Yeah, that was kind of like it, it's odd to be honest. Like in my head, like I was kind of like because they took their time with that scene, man. There was a lot. Like it, it was a it was a process, and I was like, hmm. Like, do I believe this or do I not? Like, was with his hands switching gears, like switching instruments. It was very. Uh, and he knows exactly know, like, what to do. <laughs> yeah, like, and he was like straight up, like, this is a piece of art. Like, mm, I have like outdone myself. Well, maybe maybe but, he has like a, a brain implant that tells him, feeds him the info on how to uh, replace somebody's innards with with droid parts or machine. Yeah, parts. maybe. Because yeah, that was that definitely whatever he did to her was extremely complicated especially for having no like bacta we'll say or you know ivs blood transfusions like you would think you need a sterile environment right to do that kind of procedure just just like like, a dusty moss isley table do it here yeah yeah it's like (laughs) let me get my welder out my pizza cutter and my scissors (laughs) and fennec took it pretty well like i mean i know she was shocked but my reaction would be way worse than hers yeah, he'd probably go into cardiac arrest. Oh, like what? What did you do to me? No, he's he's talking about when she wakes up and like what the hell? Like yeah, exactly, dude. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Like you look at your insides and you go into cardiac arrest and be like, what the? F- can I still eat pizza? Me? Can I still eat a pizza? <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's like yes, you can without the gassiness. <laughs> I saved your life and the acid reflux. <laughs> you can thank me later. Like does, does she have a like a robo stomach now? I don't know what I, I it don't is. Know. I, I I think there's like a whole thing like from from a certain point of view. Forty years from now, they can tell a story about a how, gasket about, changed about, about all about how that whole system works. I need to know. Yeah, I'm kind of curious, but I think that's one of those things where they kind of just leave it as is. Like, oh, it's yeah, look, it's a very Star servos. Thing. It's a very it, Star look, Wars thing. Moved, it's just we make this big leap up and down. It works. Yeah, you it works. see that little it's Star thing. Wars. It works. You remember, you, you you see the guy he's like totally like working on her, and then you just see like the 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 cylinder just go, goes up and down. Yeah, little piston. Yeah, I did it. It's working. One piston. She's a yeah. she's a V one. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, and then from there they you know they they have uh, there's a lot of campfires this must have been your favorite episode Corey. a lot of campfires in this episode love a good campfire but then like like i wanted to just touch on that in a way and how this show in particular and the mandalorian as well the mandalorian maybe not as much as this show but again they're stuck on tatooine but it's just given me more of a respect for the people of the galaxy in star wars in the sense that you know not everyone has like the cozy lives we do it seems like there was a lot of like hardship you know, like people, even though like they're so futuristic and all these planets and yada, 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 like there's, there's just so much like, uh, like hardship. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just seems like the past in a way melded with the future, you know, simple people, simple folk. But I mean, that's been a thing. Like Star the Wars main forever. goals in the galaxy are to stay alive. Kind of, you know what I mean? Like we just yeah, got to sure. survive. Subsist. It's not like to sit down and, and, you know, enjoy ourselves. It's really about, it's a fight for survival, especially in the outer rim. Well, you, yeah, you don't see much of people like live who live like us who go to work and then go home and watch TV. Like that's boring. You're not going to see Star Wars doing that. No, but just to spell it out more, I guess, they, you know, maybe the inner, inner core planets have that more obviously, but 
where we are right now, uh, it just it gives me appreciation that these people again, they're but they're not beaten down by it. It's not like they're let's put it this way, they're not like uh, addicted to social media or something <clears throat> like that. You know what I mean? They seem very grounded. Are you are you still who are you talking about now? Like Boba and Fennec, like they seem just like very like grounded in reality kind of you know what i mean like they're not tainted like to be able to just you know continually like camp by the fireside and just eat minimally and kind of be happy that your belly's full and have a good night's sleep like not anyone can not everyone can do that you know but i feel like it's more commonplace in the galaxy far far away yeah okay anyway um <laughs> The, uh, yeah, the, the the infiltration of Jabba's palace I thought was pretty cool. It was, I yeah, mean, that... in a silly, absurd way. Like, I, you know, Aww. seeing all those droids, the, the grievous chef droid. Yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> and the rat catcher. Yeah. yeah, he was cute. I loved the way he just turned himself off. Like, meh. Yeah, that was, he was so sad. He was so sad and unhappy. Like, oh, I'm out. I really enjoyed, like, I, I call him the the Benihana droid, like Grievous as a chef. He <laughs> definitely looked like a Benihana with all the the, the Jinsu knives, uh, which was really cool. You you had that Return of the Jedi. What was his number? What's his name? Is that EV ninety nine? EV ninety nine. You'll certainly learn some respect or whatever. What you'll you'll so you'll soon learn, yeah yeah soon learn some respect. Oh my god! Sorry, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm Talking hard. Over. It still is. Yeah, talking. talking's hard. It is. <laughs> if, yeah, if, I'm not like a, what, what, 40, 30? I'm not like 55 milligrams right now. So uh, <laughs> it is what it is. But did you notice also the bunny in the pot? The bunny or the frog? The bunny in the. No, the frog, he gets his, his noggin uh, tapped by the. You're talking about the one that just that got away when the, when it got knocked over? I'm talking about the one that Boba Fett's holding and he, he shuts himself off. Okay, and, the bunny robot, yeah. Yeah, the bunny robot. He literally puts it in a pot. Yeah. Like, like, he uh, drops it in a pot. What was the I name? It was of that? garbage. Glenn Close. What was that crazy movie? Fatal Attraction, where she kills <laughs> the bunny in the pot. <laughs> like, definitely some Fatal Attraction vibes happening there. We got Matrix vibes, Fatal Attraction vibes. You know what's cool? It looks like the same robot's still kicking when he opens shop. Like yeah. That, that, ro- that droid is now serving him. Like, you know what's yes, ridiculous I... about that scene? Is what else? He, he gra- be ridiculous. Boba Fett grabs it by the throat, holds it up against the wall and says, and asks the droid, which is face, I am. asks a stupid bunny droid, do you know who I am? I am Boba Fett. Why does this robot care? Not only that, he hears the name and he's like, oh, I'm shutting down. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it was funny. I, it, if you just think about that moment in a vacuum, you're like, yeah, that's actually really stupid. Who yeah. would no, ever okay. do that? That's his uh, ego, man. He needs to lick more toad. We've seen we've seen Hosnian Prime. I think this is fine. Yeah, no, it, was, it was funny, but it's actually, it's also stupid. Did you guys like the mini probe <laughs> droid thing? I loved it. I thought it was super cool. I was telling my son, I'm like, like that's the kind of thing where like Fennec, only Fennec would own or like a small amount of people, like someone that's a super, a master assassin, as Boba I, calls her. Like, like someone it. like, you, you need a tool like that to really be able to act, you know, uh, efficiently or proficiently. 
Well, it's Star Wars, once again, doing what it, whatever it needs to do. So we met a probe droid in, in 1980. It was this big six-foot-tall robot with 18 arms. And then we go to Phantom Menace. And uh, Maul's got this little one. It's about the size of a grapefruit. And we're like, oh, cool, look at that one. But if you need to be smaller, hey, we can make it as, like, we can do one the size of a golf ball. It's yeah, like my, the, it's like my the head cannon. Sorry, Carlos. No, I was just saying it's like the Ron Pupil food dehydrator. You put in, <laughs> you put in a watermelon that becomes a grapefruit that becomes like a golf ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, my thing is like, like right away, I, I I look at this thing and I'm like, like, uh, I, I felt like it was an elite kind of tool. It's not something that's readily available to the uh, average citizen of the galaxy. You know what I mean? Like, I, I really feel like she spent serious coin on obtaining said technology. Probably, or she just stole it. Who knows? Yeah, something like that. But it, I, I feel like again, it's not readily available. It's something that's like, okay, like we got to sparingly use something like this. Not everybody can have one. Cool. Yeah, and then uh, the, the whole sequence with the slave one, or oh, yeah. the, the the fire spray, as it's now as it's called. Yeah, the fire spray. You didn't hear him say that word. No, I I missed that. You really missed that? You said we gotta go and go get my uh, my fire spray ship or something like that. It's, 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 a, it's the type of like if you have a Toyota Tercel, like a, like a Firefly class ship. Oh, don't do it! Why would what? you do? That? I'm just making a comparison and asking for a simple response. Yeah, you could shut up though, because nobody cares about Firefly. You're the only <laughs> idiot that you ever- can trouble me for a glass of shut the hell up. <laughs> Ben Stiller makes an appearance, everybody. <laughs> exactly. What did you guys think? Um, like Boba Fett releasing his Manta. Like, go ahead, go make baby Manta. Yeah, it was a little off, but it's again, it's the changing of the character, man. It's his growth, man. And I'm, I'm down with it. Like, he's a completely changed man. Like, I, I feel like this episode in particular has driven the point home that. Boba has no hidden agenda. Like the man that he's saying that he is and what he wants to do for people is who he is. And he's a changed man because of his second chance. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And it's, he also says it like it's, there was a lot of exposition dump in in this episode. Yeah, I agree. But in, in, in a, in a way that actually serviced the story. So I have, I have no issues with it. Uh, and I like what he says. He goes, "I'm just tired of working for idiots that are going to try to get me killed." Yeah, or are are just are just killing innocent people in the the crossfire because they're not thinking things through. Through, like, and he literally says, "Like we could have made a lot more money." And he's 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 literally talking about like Jabba the Hutt. Jabba the Hutt could have been alive if he would have. When when Han Solo says, "I'll pay you triple," you're throwing away a fortune. Don't be a fool. Like. That that's exactly what Boba Fett's talking about. Yeah, so when you when you start having Jedi's and stuff hang the only Jedi hanging around in your lair and you're playing with fire, Jabba. Yeah, absolutely. like yeah, Han says I'll pay you triple, which I mean Jabba might say like, okay, uh, not a word out of you, flaky boy. But when you have Jedi standing in front of you going, Hey, listen, if you don't let me go, you're gonna regret it. Maybe wake up, Jabba. It's like I've heard stories about Jedi. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, Jabba's been involved with, of course, in '83 it was different, but 
The Clone how Wars about, movie, how, right? The Clone Wars movie had Jabba dealing with Jedi. He should know how how proficient they are. Oh hell yeah! So I mean, and again, eighty three versus two thousand seven, it doesn't quite work, but yeah, Jabba's an idiot, and if if he had operated differently, they'd have more money. So that that was powerful stuff. But I go back to what Carlos said about the animal stuff. Like yeah, like seeing Boba treating these beasts with with kindness and respect and feeding them his compassion food. yeah it, it, yeah it's it's a totally different take on the character it's it's, it's all leading up to the the rancor man it's you we gotta see him be nice to animals in order to first of all like him and to believe that he's able to do something of like yes have a connection with them you know which he does we know he's, mm-hmm. he's got a connection with with his rancor and his bantha he was attached to and no it's it's a, it's it's definitely a, a brand new take on this character that is and honestly, pets are the best so much way, or more animals. interesting. It's so much more interesting and fascinating than just having a show of six episodes or seven episodes of Boba Fett just killing people. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, no, that that that's. I think there's second campfire. I, I think we lose track of how many fires they they have in this episode, but there's like there's some powerful thematic stuff happening at that campfire when. You know, she says to Boba, Fennec says to Boba that you know, living with the Tuscans has made you soft. And he's yeah. like, and he's, and he's absolutely like with conviction. He goes, no, it made me strong. Yeah, yeah exactly. I love that. And like, that's what, what I, that's what I'm saying. We're not turning back from there, man. Like we're, we're defining this character more and more. Yeah, no, it seems like he's honestly looking to turn over a new leaf with this. And, you know, he, he's totally sold on the idea that, you know, being a lone wolf only gets you so far and it goes back to something that I, I talked about last week when we kept seeing those Daniel Logan shots and he's sad when Django leaves him alone like Boba never wanted to be alone as it turns out no and, and, and he, literally, he literally says it he says like you can only get so far without a tribe yep and that yep. you know that all, all of his childhood I guess trauma of being ab- abandoned by Django you know and then living with the Tuscans a year later it, it all sort of fulfills itself. Like he, he knows that he needs a tribe or a family as, as another word to put it. And he's going out, going about trying to build one. And he's, it's almost like he's proposed to Fennec without there being any romance between them. Like I pledge my life to protect yours. Jesus. No, I a hundred percent agree. Like she seemed so taken aback by that. And I feel like, again, those verbal agreements in star Wars were, my deal's better. My deal's better. Like, I, I love the fact that people are just weighing those options. And like, in this case, again, like she's like, I'm a lone wolf. I'll, I'll work for you. It's cool. We'll still be friends. You know? And he's like, I'm offering you my life. And she's like, like you could see right away that she's like, what the heck is going on? Like, yeah, he's, he's no like, one's ever said anything like that to me before. He's basically making and her what, a partner of the business. I'm going to cut you oh, on the profits. And basically I, I pledge my life to protect yours. And it's like, and I still don't fully trust her. I still think there's a potential for her to sort of be like, well, there's a better deal over there. So Boba, I'm out. I don't know. That I don't know. I feel happen. like I trust her at this point. I feel like they've become a family, you know, they could, like the way I, I can see it going her. either way. I, I still think, and I think a, a good star Wars story kind of needs that tension in the back of your mind where you, yeah, but they're, they're setting me up for this, but this could still happen. There's always yeah. a there's always a plot yeah, twist right. in Star Wars. Any story, but 
I, I just feel like the way he saved her, the way they they spelt it out in this episode, that you know he told her like straight up, like she's like, "What do you want?" You know, and he tells her like, "You." She's like, "I guess I'm more valuable alive," and he's like, "You are," but he's telling her that to her. He's not saying that you're more valuable to me. Like that was so beautiful. Like I thought that was so cool. Like you're just valuable. You're you're a great person, kind of. You know, like. Well, I don't know if he's, she's a great person. He's just saying. Well, you're you're a. <laughs> Uh, you you've mastered your craft. You're a very useful asset. Yeah, and that's, I, I that's like it, by right? the end of it all, where he he's basically saying she's like, well, after this, I'm free, right? And he's like, you've paid your debt. If that's what you choose, you do exactly what you so please. I'll drop you off where you want to go. Yeah. yeah, and like she's like respecting that. Like, man, this guy's like oh, a man of his word for once, you know. And she and, chooses to stay with him. What I, what I really what I really enjoyed about that was. She goes, you want to start your own house? Like, you you want to build your own house? And the first thing that I thought was House of Boba Fett. Like, that would be like a season two, almost. Um, I, I, lit- I could literally see it, like, expanding. I don't think they're going to go there, but, like, it could have it easily gone that route. Um, with uh, with with Fennec Shan, the only thing that, that I wrote down here in my notes was like I literally wrote <laughs> Fennec Shan badass appreciation tweet, but will she turn? Because there's something about the way she's like taking a bit of the reins, but also kind of really, really like. Um, she, she has her eyes on everything mm-hmm. and she's watching how he's doing things. She's watching how people talk to him. She, she, she has an idea of what needs to be done uh, more so probably than, than Boba. Like she, she's probably a better suited crime boss. That, that's Boba why I feel like their partnership is so perfect. Like I, I see where you're coming from where at a point she might be like this, oh, I'm fed up, whatever, but she's following his lead at this point. Like even the conversation he has with the other houses, right? Like uh, today, he's like, I'm not going to infringe on your territory. I'll take care of myself. I just want you all to be prosperous. Like he's basically saying, like, I want to love you all. I'll take care of it. Just don't throw me down through the river. And even the the episode description is this one. It basically says Boba makes Fennec a partner. You know, like I really feel like this episode drives the nail home in that regard. Like, like it just they're they're partners now. Like they this is the story of how they became. A team. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not 100 convinced that it's going to be rosy the whole way. Yeah, like, like I, Charlie I just... Brown is always convinced that Lucy's going to let him kick the football. Yeah, he's like, "You're not going to do it, right?" And she's like, "I swear, I won't." <laughs> and then she always pulls away. She always, yeah, but, she always yeah. yanks that football away, and he always falls for it. And Star Wars often ends on a on a bittersweet note. And you can always see this coming back around again for Boba where he's back to being on his own, back to doing what he does. Han Solo, same thing, you know, being alone to being with a group and then losing that group and being on his own. It's, uh, it's, you know, like poetry, it rhymes. But yeah, Uh, I I, I like, I I like what you mentioning house of Boba Fett and thinking of how the Mandalorians call their like different pieces of society, there's there's House Ren and houses and clans, right? There's clan yeah, Ren exactly. and 
there's there's but there's yeah there's two levels of it and i can't remember the other one i think it might be house mm-hmm. so house fet makes a lot of sense at some point as they bring the mandalorians all together at some point which we know is definitely going to happen we know it yeah that's a good end point i like where you're going with that like because we know what from what they're building and what we've heard is that you know these things these stories should all intertwine and possibly come to a head at one point but i definitely i like where you're going with that like house fet to reset the uh mandalorian history that could definitely be one of the prominent houses hey how satisfying was it when when boba got a ship back and he just flies out into the desert and i you know i was in my head (laughs) the whole time at some point he's gonna go and he's just gonna go frank castle punisher on the on the biker gang yeah it was so quick it was just like they were just getting smoked i think i like what we got better because as soon as you and you kind of recognize sort of the visual language of star wars because as soon as you see those bikers tooling along and then you get like the over the shoulder shot of one of them you're you're like oh no and you just expect that you're gonna see like they're gonna get overtaken by a shadow of something but then you see the long shot and the, the ship off a little speck in the distance that just gains on them so fast and just yeah just blast the shit out of them. <laughs> you know what? So good. It's funny because it's like when I, remember. I don't know if you guys remember when I got the the Slave One, the Lego Slave One, twentieth anniversary. It was mainly to complete, just just, uh, just so that I can get that Leia minifigure, so that I can complete the minifigs from the twentieth anniversary line. But it quickly became the only set that I kept intact. It's gorgeous, and I I was always like, yeah, Boba Fett overrated, but then it's like, man, do I love that ship? And I, I said it in the, the last episode or the, uh, the episode before, where I'm like, I definitely I want to see the Slave One, man. I want to see it again. I want to see it on the screen in action, and holy shit, that we get it! Like it was fantastic. It was so I just cool. don't. It was so satisfying. Yeah, the way they was yeah, it he, the best car though, because like there's no way that like those cannons should have stayed intact after no. like scraping up against the wall. I hundred percent, dude. I have that in my show notes as well. The way it's scraped up against the wall, it's made of something extremely special. I think that's just again Star Wars being Star Wars. Like the way yeah. Ray yeah, crashed I the Falcon agree. around when she was trying to take off with it. It she should have crippled the ship, but. Yeah. But who I, I, knows what it's made of? Like the way it really ripped through things, though. I was like, "Holy cow!" Like that's that's a lot. Like he's like a couple feet deep in the wall. <laughs> like as we're as we're getting to the end of this uh, of our of our show here, like I just want to go through my notes quick, quick. Like we see a double gonk droid. It's yep. called a oh god, I forget what they're called now. It's a gagonk, maybe because yeah. it's the blanc. Yeah, go 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 gonk droid. So we get the double gonk that gets destroyed. We get a lot of pew pew, which I loved. It was nice, dudes. The seismic death. Oh, trying to recuperate the armor. (laughs) And you know what I figured in this episode, the the way how that the sarlacc went so extreme after the ship. (laughs) I've come to my own headcanon has led me to believe that sarlaccs can live off and digest anything except for Beskar. But like, dude, he was going to eat the ship and be like, okay, like, yeah, that's uh, there, there's uh, stuff to be broken down and uh, to give me sustenance and I'll take it. So when he like, arrived, it was just going to bust open the ship and take two little measly little bodies. When they first arrived there, I'm like, what is he doing here? 
Like I thought, I'm like, I turned to my wife the first time we watched it. And I was like, oh, he's just going to dump a seismic charge down his throat just for fun because he's, he hates this thing. And then I'm like, he's going to blow no the thing right out of the dirt. And then, and then he starts talking about getting his armor. And I was like, your armor, you don't remember that you had your armor when you got out of there. Like, I guess he was just yeah, that dude. out of it. Of course. Of course, bro. But he, he didn't remember that he burned his way out with his armor. I, I can I can't imagine what he went through to get out of that thing. I think that's what they're trying to make us believe. Oh, sure. That, like, that, now that's of course this, that's that's exactly what we're supposed to believe that he just doesn't remember getting out of there. So he, I, I, yeah, exactly. It, like, I think, pure survival mode. Yeah, because the Jawas ripped rip off the armor mm-hmm. off him while he's passed out on the on the sand. Okay. So in, in his mind, he was out, and it was on the sand, and probably fell back in. Or he just doesn't, again, like he doesn't remember at all how he got oh. out of the thing. Or that's 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 quite fair as well. Yeah, it's all a big blur for him. Yeah, no, I just, I just, I, I, I thought that he was gonna just go straight away and just, you know, like like a basketball, like a little layup, just drop, <laughs> just drop his uh, seismic charge down its gullet. But then he was up to other stuff, and then they got into the tug of war. And then she, Fennec presses the button, and oh, here we go. Yep, that, that was great. I love you. Don't touch my buttons again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it was cool, man, and it was a it was a bit of a longer episode, which was nice. And uh, what yeah, about the rest of them? They like that. Uh, see, see, this episode is like I have a lot of appreciation tweets for this episode, man. Like black yeah, how about that? Eh? That rampaging oh. off the arms, like it's it's yeah, just ripping the arms off a trans. Like he, I'd rather pay my tab just to rip this guy's arms off. I, I, I just, just just the whole thing and the thing. Like I I get the whole like uh, relationship between Trandoshans and the uh, Wookies, I guess. Yeah. But man, like even my son asked me, he's like, "Why is he so mad?" <laughs> I was like. He doesn't like those guys. Well, look, he's well, he's he's look. getting in a he's get, sitting in a bar, getting all liquored up. And he becomes likes to fight guy. Like mm-hmm. if you're a seven foot tall Wookiee and you become likes to fight guy, there's there's trouble coming. And if you're a Trandoshan, it's the trouble's coming how, at you. Yeah, you're in the you're <laughs> no, in the crosshairs. But, 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 guys, how proud are Wookiees? Right? So he's hired by the Huts to to kill Boba Fett. He gets captured. He's he's in the Rancor pit. He Boba Fett wants to release him to the Huts, and the Huts are literally like, no, no, he's Keep a tribute him. to you now. Like he's like he's like I'm alive now by the grace of someone else, and I'm supposed to be the baddest ass in in the, in the galaxy. Like I understand yeah. why he's getting sloshed. Like for oh, sure, I, I get he's it too. Totally shamed. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and exactly. And, and he's and, looking and, at, at, at Trandoshans who who've made a, a history of of doing terrible things to Wookies. And, and yeah, and they're they're there enjoying themselves, making money. Like he's like, ugh. Like I, I didn't even finish my my last job properly. Like I'm sure there's like pride involved in that. And or maybe, maybe Black Chrysanthemum saw the uh, the Wookiee pelt in in Mando's closet. Yeah, maybe. Well, re- regardless of what what it was, I think Boba Fett like hiring him. Well, that's the thing we don't even know. That's that's an important point, man. Is that we he tells him he's like, you look like you need a job. That's the last we hear of it. And then it just skips to a, a completely different matter. So we have no clue if he's accepted. But at well, this no, point, he's, 
he's he's literally guarding. He's 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 one of Boba Fett's guards during the meeting. Is he? I didn't he, notice him. Yes, yes. He's in, he's in the he's, uh, he's in the room. He's in the room. He's, he's standing there with a with a with a blaster, man. Dude, and 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 they they this week I saw a scar real good. Yeah, it's over the eye. It's not across the face. It's like, like on the top of the eye. It's on point. Thing. At least it's noticeable, which I appreciate. It, they they it, they were listening to us and it they moved. Heard, it, the the they, scar uh, moved. It moved. They fixed it. It's okay. It moved. It's all good. Shut up. You just appreciate it more because it's visible. <laughs> it's just funny, man. It's like. And the, the funniest part about that whole thing, she's like, well, I tried. Hit it, Max. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love that. Hit it, Max. Was like, <laughs> it was so cool, man. God yeah, bless like, She wants to get the party vibe like, back up. Like, she's not making any business if everybody's, you know. I, I, I'd have to say, though, even this one, like, I, I, I don't know who the actress is who plays that that tweak. Like, it's Jennifer Beals, man. Flashdance. Okay, cool. But, uh, Dude, I, Flashdance. I, I don't trust her. I still don't trust her. No, I have to agree with you there. I feel like she's she's in on some kind of deal. I think she's not yeah. being completely honest. She no, she's definitely selling spice from the pikes for sure, for sure, for sure. And um, the only Twilight that I actually that I actually trust is Hera. That's the only one. What about I Bib? Twilight's Bib. You love Bib. Come on, Bib. You know what? I'm gonna do something to you that's gonna require you to Bib, wear baby, <laughs> Bib, bubby, mabuki. <laughs> so the end. The, the end of, God damn it! I did it. The, the end of the balcony. We have uh, Boba and Fennec, the newlyweds, up on the balcony, and they uh, talking about getting to get, cashing up some money and and buying some muscle. Where we get that the, the full on Mando theme. So. Yeah, which is strange. I, I I don't feel like the Mandalorian is the kind of guy. It's like why are they being like, "Ching, let's call the Mando." Like I honestly feel like they're the kind of people that be like, "We saved your child. We need help." Well, they haven't done like, that yet. I'll right? be there. Or have they? Have no? Have they done that? No, they haven't done that yet. Yeah, he has his armor. Have I think they have? Oh yeah, I they have. have. He has his armor. He does it. Yeah, right. I was getting confused. So yeah, yeah, so this is after Mando at this point. The the timelines yeah. are getting so smushed together, I'm losing track. So yeah, no, the, it is. So she goes, uh, like, if dude, you know I talked to, to two them, people right? about it today at work, and they both were like, "Okay," and I'm like explaining it to them, like this was this and this and this. Remember the Gunslinger episode? And they were like, "Okay, okay," but yeah, it's, it's I guess you know it's it's not always necessarily to, uh, easy to stay in the timeline. So no, I think that, we think we're we're almost lined up now. I think we're yeah. at almost lined up it's interesting because like she goes off yeah money buys muscle if you know where to look mando theme so she at, at the end of season two of mando when they're all left on that when luke just takes off and leaves with with grogu and leaves them all on, on that imperial cruiser there must have been some sort of chat we're like okay well you know we're all gonna go, go our separate ways but he must tell fennec where he's gonna be she seems to know exactly where he is. And yeah, they were going back to Mandalore, from what I imagine. Maybe that's not that's not where Bo-Katan was. Was she was on that water planet where? True, but now they got the dark saber. You, you feel like the the wheels. I don't think Bo-Katan's going back to Mandalore without the saber being hers. That's well, correct. I don't know, man. I feel like we'll see. We'll see where we are next season of Mando, but. I well, definitely it's, feel it's, like uh, I'm pretty sure like when 
when they talk about muscle coming in, I I don't think they're just talking about Din Djarin. I think they're all coming. They're talking about Cara Dune. Well, we know who's not coming in that case. But <laughs> it's Cara Dune. I'm pretty, pretty sure, sure like we can bank on like most of the gang coming. Like Din Djarin's going to show up. I think Bo-Katan might show up with with I don't know Koska Reeves and and the other guy. We could get can a bunch Ahsoka's of come Kyle. God damn, maybe. Can you imagine? I doubt it. I I think that there's there's definitely connections, and there's possibility that Ahsoka shows up, and for sure Din Djarin will show up. Like I'm calling it by oh, the end of this. They told sure. us, dude. Come on, his voice was in the trailer. Regardless of the voice being in the trailer, I mean, we know trailers. Like, remember he says something in the trailer too, like you're some big crime boss now, or something like that. You know? Yeah, I don't believe you. I think you just made that up. I but it's all good. You need to go find that clip, Corey, and, and post it in the group so we can all see it for ourselves. I think right okay, now. Okay, well, just, you're just we've talked it about it in the group prior because I heard people defending me about it already. Because you know, you guys know, you guys listen to Rick, right? Listen, I'm, people, I'm right, and you're wrong. Hey, Corey, defend, thank you. Corey, I, I, people defend you because I crap all over you, and I'm good looking, and they don't like it. Okay? Corey. You, yeah, <laughs> but I'm right. When you speak trash and you're being stupid and not listening. Stupid. <laughs> hey, Corey. Yo, you took the bait. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, so next week's going to be fun. I, I'm still yeah, going to talk looking, about the weather. You know, I, I still look back to Robert Rodriguez's comments where he's like, oh, this series way, way, way over delivers. And every every week has a huge surprise. And I'm like, really? At the, like, it's been okay. We're having fun with this. A couple episodes have been iffy. A couple of them have been pretty good. Overall, it's all right. I don't know that there's been a ton of surprises. And I don't think it's way, way, way over-delivered. I think it's delivered in Adequately. a way we didn't think we'd get. You know, with, with making Boba Fett an interesting character the way they have. Mm-hmm. But I don't think... Maybe just we weren't speaking the same language when he said surprises. And, you know, there's three episodes. Maybe they're going to be straight fire because we're done with the flashbacks. It should it, Things now should just be straight up craziness. I, I agree. And I think the only things we're going to see in flashbacks, is I still think we're going to get some flashbacks because it's it's kind the of the, the MO of, of, yeah. of the way they're telling the story. Uh, the only things that we're going to get is just going to be like, Okay, why did this happen? Why did that happen? It's going to be quick little things as opposed to the last couple of episodes where the majority of the episode was a flashback just to bring us to a certain point. Um, it's going to be exposition uh, it, for, for the flashbacks. And I, I'm okay with it because they've been doing a good job with it. Honestly, apart from the first episode being like a prelogue, uh, uh, yeah, I guess a prelogue to the, to, to the, to the show. Uh, well, just a prelogue. A prelude, sorry, preludes to 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 the the series. I think it's been pretty good. I think it's been pretty good. Well, there's one thing that makes me think, and and when he gets out of his final back to bath, and the droid says, "You're now fully healed." Like, has it been exclusive that his flashbacks happen when he's in Bacta? Yeah, I, I believe so. Yes. So in that, this show, yes. If he's fully, Every, if, like, if the thing is like you're the now theme. fully healed, does he need to keep taking his back to baths? No, you're right. And like you said, in the timeline, more or less, we're, we're caught up as the viewer. We know exactly where we are now. Everything's kind of like came together in that sense. 
I don't necessarily know if we need to uh, go back to the back to bath and dreaming and all I mean, that. If he gets I think his ass kicked, he can go back, go take another dip. True, but I, I, I think we're plowing forward at this point. I feel like they've uh, established the foundations of the show, and we're just going to plow forward with the, what's happening with the pikes and whatnot now in the war, the gathering storm. Yeah, I'm just I'm curious to see. Like, there's so many pieces on the board now, and none of them feel like like you don't know which way people are going to go. Like sure. All these, all the factions of Tatooine have said, yeah, sure. We'll be neutral. Yeah. We agree with that. I don't trust them. I don't fully trust Fennec. I don't trust black Kersantan totally. I don't trust anybody <laughs> except for Din Djarin and Boba Fett. Boba Fett will overcome Kyle. Have faith. I'm sure he will. But yeah, like I, I, I find it fascinating that we're talking about Boba Fett like this and you know, yeah. Each episode has added depth to the character and it just it makes everything that's come before you know Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back, it makes it seem so wildly irrelevant now, almost bordering on silly. Like Attack of the Clones. A little yup turd. <laughs> there I think the flashbacks to like young Daniel Logan Boba Fett, those flashbacks in this series have been more insightful to to young Boba Fett than what we got in Attack of the Clones. Like just thinking of Boba Fett, fly, like the way he gets taken out in in Jedi, just dismissed with a errant stick and yeah, bouncing Boba off the Fett. side of a ship and then rolling Boba down Fett. the hole. Like. It's just, it seems so absurd now, all that stuff in light of this series. And it's not, I'm not complaining. It's not, I'm not knocking anybody. It's just, it's, it's an observation as, as Lucasfilm makes something out of nothing. And I'm, I'm happy about it. So, yeah. <clears throat> all right. Well, uh, I think that's it this for this week. I think we're done. Nice little hour and a half in the books. Um, if you guys have it out there, you want to catch up with any of us, if you want to talk about the things we said on this podcast and make fun of us and, and poke at us and whatnot, you can find us in the Tumbling Saber Facebook group, which, of course, if you're in there already, have some fun. If you're not in there already, come make yourself at home. Uh, our Twitter handles, if you want to reach us there, they're in the show notes. And if you want to be a bigger part of the show, you can email us your questions, your thoughts, uh, your theories, everything. That can be sent to tumblingsaber at gmail.com. And we'll put them into an upcoming episode. And of course, every week, you know, if you, if you can, retweet the pod, retweet the links. And um, hey, if you still have a few extra moments, maybe head over to Apple Podcasts and drop us a quick review. Any of those things will help us out a ton. Uh, so that's going to do it, folks. Thank you once again for spending your time with us. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. We'll see you again next week. And stay safe. May the force be with you. Later, skaters. <laughs> hey, Ren. Sitting here for hours, looking at that show. Pages getting wider like a mirror to myself. Struggle for the answers, questions frighten me. Circles getting wider, it's harder just to see.